This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of August 23rd. I'm your host, D-Swap, Derek Kessinger, joined by this fun, loving, beautiful editorial staff of Robert Holman, Kevin Kovac, and Kyle McFadden. And Robert, let's chalk this win for the, you know, for the older guys, for you and Kovac, me and obviously, you know, Kyle are the younger generation still. Up until this point, when Dale McDowell won the Batesville Topless 100, his second of his career down there in the Arkansas track, the average age for a winner this season for a $50,000 or more to win was 28.9 years old. So almost 30, right there in the late 20s. But Dale McDowell says, throw that stat out the window, Derek Kessinger. I still got it. He won hundred grand earlier in the season, and we kind of talked about him at that point too, just saying when will this guy ever slows down. You know, he showed J.D., he showed Ricky Thornton Jr., hey, you know what, I still got it. I can still compete. And that was a big-time win for Mac Daddy. And it's always fun when Dale McDowell's in victory lane. I, I will say that Dale was uh, going into that race that day. Dale was my – he wasn't my pick to win, but he was my pick to win if Ricky Thornton Jr. did not win. Uh, I did I did pick Ricky Thornton based on his, his effort, to, you know, the day before – and uh and so i was just chatting with a couple of people and and i'm like you know dale mcdowell could win this thing he's got a great starting spot great in the long races uh very smooth uh reads the track as well as anybody so uh so i'm like you know don't count dale mcdowell out uh, i didn't pick him to win but I, I really felt like that he was uh my second choice to win the race uh, sorry dale but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean he's he's as he's as good I asked him after the race a couple of questions. I asked him a lot of questions, but a couple of questions that that I asked him before I really started interviewing him was like, "Are you in in the prime of your career? You know, are 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 you? I mean, he's he's racing like he's in the prime of his career with the the wins he's getting. I mean, you know, is he at the, at the prime in terms of?" national touring like he was back in the have a tampa days and stuff like that you know probably not because that really you know that really takes a toll on you uh mentally physically financially everything but as far as driving a race car he is as good as anybody right now i i mean he's what 50 how old is he 57 yeah so he's 57 years old and I don't even know. I'm sure his adrenaline was pumping and stuff, but I don't even think he was really winded after that race. You know, I mean, and it was brutally hot, you know, which takes a toll on you. It was crazy hot that day, humid, uh, late in the evening, even when I think it was in the mid 80s still when I got back to my hotel room. So it was it was tough out there at Batesville this past weekend, and he's still getting it done. I mean, I don't know of a, a guy that is uh, – I don't know, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but he can get it done with the absolute best of them still. Uh, You know, I don't think he's, you know, going to go out there and want to do 80 races a year, of course, but, but for his 50 to 60 races that they do, they, the thing about them is they pick and choose the right events and it's great to see them. You know, we've seen him win, 20,000, 10,000, every race he's won this year has been paid over $10,000. Uh, so, so for that alone is pretty impressive. You know, he's won nine races. 
Uh, I think one of them was like a little over 20,000 and then he has the 50 and the 100. And then, so that leaves six of them that have paid 10,000 or more. So that's very, very impressive to do. So, and, and he's lives in a great area where he's able to pick those races and stay close to home. That's a key to their success also. But still when he goes to, he goes, you know, 500 miles from home to Batesville, Arkansas, where he hasn't won in 19 years. And he pretty much wore him out. In, in my opinion, I mean, he he was class to fill once he got the lead and he was really uh, slow in getting the lead and very methodical in getting lead. He tried uh, J.D., you know, for a, a couple of times. He tried him and tried him. And then uh, and then once he got once once he really got rolling, he was gone. Yeah, he was gone. It was it was pretty impressive. And Kovac, when you have track conditions like that, where it's, you know, slick from top to bottom. Dale McDowell is one of the best in the country, if not one of the best ever, you know, to keep those tires underneath him. You know, you know he kind of just made his move there uh, by Jonathan Davenport when they got through lap traffic. But, hey, Kovac, you're a few years younger than Dale McDowell. We, I'm a lot younger than Dale McDowell. I can't complain about anything old age right, related, right, because he's still out there, 57, nine feature wins. Is he in his prime of his career? I, I mean, it's hard to argue that he might not be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think Kyle pointed out, like in our fast talk, it's been the last time he hit double figures in a season and wins was 2004 when he won the topless 100, and here he is with nine. Uh, I mean, last year he had nine also, so it, two years in a row he's he's winning as many races as he's won in, in two decades. Uh, you look at it that way, I mean, he, and it's and it's like like Robert said, 50 to 60 races, you know, I, I think he's basically been like 45 to 60 races, mostly in the last decade plus and, uh, and to win nine races. I mean, that's a, that's a good percentage, you know, and, and they're all pretty much paying well. He, he picks and chooses well, like, like Robert mentioned, uh, he, they're not going uh, a lot of place. They're not just running everywhere. Although this year he did say when I, when I saw him win um, the Southern nationals race back at, at, uh, at with raceway back in July, uh, he said that they they they've tried to go a few different places just to get out of their uh, you know their their comfort zone a little bit. He felt like maybe they were just go they were they were relying too much on those racetracks that they that they liked the best, and maybe they're missing out a little bit on some ideas that they that they they you know they might not try or or some uh, conditions that they might not experience by not going to a few other races. So I think he, he said that they run a few more races at some places that they normally wouldn't in the last few years. Uh, and it's that probably is paying off, you know, I mean, look at him, uh, the way he ran this weekend, a uh, hundred thousand dollar win, a $50,000 win this year, 50,000 win this year. Now when he, uh, uh, won, and this is the thing that Todd pointed out also in, in, uh, uh, when, uh, he, he mentioned some talked about Dale winning that I think, you look at that list of drivers in that topless 100 this Saturday, this Saturday night. And uh, when Dale when he ran his first topless back in 1996, you know, 27 years ago, you look at the drivers in that field now and this weekend, only four of them even had their driver's license at that time. <laughs> so, Billy you know, that, that that's uh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, uh, how the, the, the long, <clears throat> the longevity of, uh, that, that he's doing that. I mean, to have an 18 year span between crown jewel wins is incredible. I mean, that, that doesn't happen too often. Uh, and I, I pointed out in, uh, 
I, you know, I, I threw it out there in, uh, in fast talk also, like has, has a driver ever won a crown jewel dirt late model race after successful, you know, prostate cancer surgery. I mean, obviously there's drivers that have come back after that. Uh, but have they ever won a crown jewel event? I mean, that's pretty, that's another, uh, you know, uh, achievement for, for Dale pretty that you can, you know, put, you can, it, it's just unbelievable the things that he's accomplishing and how, how he's just really still, it wasn't like a fluke that he won that race. It wasn't like, Oh gosh, we, that might be, that's that, you know, he can't do that again. Two weeks from now, he could very easily go to the world 100 and win that race. Yeah. Uh, that would not be a shock. That would, I mean, if he didn't make the feature, I feel like it would be way more of a shock than him winning it. So uh, Dale McDowell, uh, like fine wine, just continues to win. Uh, Kyle, I want to go on the other side of it. We've talked about how it's getting younger. Guys are winning. Kovac brought that stat out that only like four guys had their driver's license, you know, that were in that field. As a younger guy in the sport who's just kind of, you know, getting his feet wet completely here the last couple of years in super late model racing – uh, and, you know, in terms of just being a journalist about it, what's just your overall thoughts like when, a, you know, a guy of a veteran like Dale McDowell wins when, you know, we're like in our 20s and you see like this guy that could be your dad continue to go out there and dominate races? Yeah, he's – Dale's older than my dad actually. Um, so it's uh, it's really it's really good for the sport because I think if I put myself right just from uh, just being younger – wanting to know the most history I can about the sport, it, at least on my end, it, it impels me, it compels me to, to go back and, and to brush up on the history of the sport, right? When somebody like a Dale McDowell wins. And so I think it's a good history lesson too, for the younger fans, the younger ones who are involved in the sport and want to know more really just about, Dale's up upbringing, you know, who, who, who he raced against, um, you know, all those years, years ago to get to where he is now. And so I just think from a historical perspective, it, it really shines the light on, on really how far he's come, obviously. I mean, and look like Dale is, and I think we can all attest, you know, to this, we don't, necessarily root for any one in particular, you know, cause we're journalists and, and, and we take the objective route when we're writing our stories and, and whatnot, but there, there are certainly favorite interviews and people to talk to after the races and Dale's gotta be at least in the top three, if not my favorite person to, you know, talk to if it comes to, writing a story or getting some kind of perspective or, or angle on a topic in the sport, because he's just, he's been there, he's done that and he's continuing to do that. And so, um, yeah. And he's clearly not slowing down either. Like I was going to add, like, you know, from this point on through the rest of the year, last year, I mean, he raced 16 times and picked up three, three more victories from, you know, the months of September through November. So, I mean, and obviously the World 100 is one of those races that uh, that he that is left on the table. So um, you know he's not done yet, and I don't know when you know 
the last time I think he won 10 times back in 04, if I'm not mistaken, if not, it was 11. Um, but I mean, he, he, he could hit a dozen feature wins, you know, by the end of the year, that's not out of the question. You know, that's if he's going to run 60 more, more times again. So, um, but no, I mean, just like being a younger guy and it's, it's, it's cool to to still have those figures like Dale McDowell, you know, in in the sport. I mean, we need them. We need Dale, right? I don't want him to go away like anytime soon in terms of driving and his presence at the racetrack. So we'll see how much longer he can keep this pace up. You know, he's he's clearly showing it's very sustainable. Guys, Dale McDowell, Dale McDowell's going to Rome on september 2nd that's the good leading into the to the uh you know world 100 and that race pays fifteen thousand dollars to win he could win that race i mean there's it's at rome it's in his backyard you know so a place that he's won races at and that he's good at so uh you know he could have 10 races before he goes to the world 100 10 wins and he doesn't usually go to the dirt track world championship but because it's at Eldora, where he's pretty good at, who's to say he's not going to – it's not on his schedule at the moment. Nothing is past Eldora. But who's to say he won't go there and try to get that large amount of money either because it's at Eldora? I mean, he could be on the cusp of a career year, seriously, here. I mean, if, if he has any – and I think he ran, I think, second at Duck River. That race paid 20 to win, so it's probably 10000 for second. Uh why isn't why are, why isn't he in the prime of his career? You know, I mean, it's what we're kind of he kind of I joked with him about it, and he's like, "No, I don't know about that," but the stats say otherwise. Yeah, for sure. And like, so Bloomquist's career, being when he was about fifty-five, he's going to be he's fifty-nine now. So when he was about fifty-five before his injury, he was kind of like on the Dale McDowell pace. If you go back to like eleven years ago. Because that's what, you know, Billy Moyer, if you go back 11 years ago when he's the same age as Dale McDowell, Billy Moyer won 16 races, won a prelim at Knoxville Nationals. Uh, Robert, there's a lot of similarities where, you know, Dale McDowell and Billy Moyer, like if you go back to when Billy Moyer was 57, winning $10,000 summer nationals races, not running a national tour. And then when he goes to a big time race like Knoxville or winning the World 100 at 56 and the Knoxville Nationals at 56, like it's, it's pretty remarkable, and you kind of just want to sit back and look and be like, you know, this is pretty damn special because there's not more than three or four guys that get past the age of 56 that continue to do, well, like Billy Moyer and now what we're seeing with Dale McDowell. Yeah, and the, the thing about Dale is I don't think that he – I don't think that they've plotted a course for 10 years down the road. Right. I don't think that they've they have not plotted a course for beyond two years down the road. I don't think they are very methodical and and everything they do. You know, Shane, his brother Shane, is very good about analyzing every single thing from from how much it costs to run their car per lap. Uh, you know, so they've got these um, partners that they've that they're going to count on for the next couple of years. And I'm not sure how much he's going to be actively seeking. You know, I'm sure that if somebody came in and gave them an, a huge influx of money, they would try to continue. 
but I'm not sure how much he's going to be actively seeking that to, to go out and run a lot of races uh, because, you know, Dale has other stuff that he can do. Shane uh, has other stuff that he, anybody at their, their level that has achieved what they have achieved has other things that they can do and other things that they like to do in the sport. Both are excellent teachers. Both have proven to, to be able to take younger kids, young drivers under their wing and transform them into good racers. Dale has a, a driving school. Uh, I'm not sure how active that still is now that Boyd's is closed. It was started at Cleveland with Ray Cook and then they went to Boyd's. So if he continues to do that, I don't know if he's going to, I don't know where that's going to be, whether it be at uh, 411 or, or Bulls Gap or, or, and I'm just speculating or North Georgia. Uh, so, but there are options. There are I 75. There are tracks that Dale in his area that he could probably get with to continue his driving school, uh, or even at Ray Cook's on Ray Cook's track there, you know, if he wants to continue it with Ray like they did years ago. So, uh, so they have options. Shane has options. He is a great mind. He's one of the best minds in our sport and, and maybe sometimes gets, um, overshadowed overshadowed by the 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 rumleys and uh and the, the guys at longhorn just all these other people that we talk about these engineers in the sport well shane is right up there with them so uh he could easily you know help people uh whether it be consulting or whatever so i'm not sure how much this duo this brother two brothers from 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 georgia who i remember watching when i was a teenager uh, I'm not sure how much they plotted 10 years down the road uh, as far as racing goes. So I'm not sure we'll see them chasing these races like Billy Moyer and Scott Bloomquist did. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like Billy Moyer, Scott, I'm not sure. Scott would still be doing it for sure if he wasn't injured. Uh, if he hadn't had that you know, motorcycle deal and then all the health issues. Scott's, Scott's situation is just primarily a health situation. So I'm not sure, you know. I'm not sure we'll be talking about Dale McDowell in the same light that we're talking about, like right now, in the same light that we're talking about Billy Moyer right now. You, just, you know what I'm saying? Ten years down the road. Yeah, we we thought that with Moyer too, with when he was going to retire. I don't know what year that was, like six or seven years ago, and he he's uh, out there still competing. Uh, but Kovac, 20, 2015, D- Derek, 2015. That was 2015 at so Knoxville, eight, when it's like oh, that, <laughs> that's yes. a long time ago. Uh, so eight years was, ago, so that'd be about that'd be about the he same. He was fifty-six age years old. He was yeah. fifty-six. He's sixty-five now. He turned sixty-six in uh, in October. So I mean, so, he yeah. that was third. That was a long time ago that he said he was not going to. So, you know, he, sixty. He, he was retiring, semi-retired from full-time racing. I don't know whatever whatever well, it is, you know, right? right. So it's been yes. a while. I was so come back. I was going to ask you. Dale McDowell is three years away from when Billy Moyer was going to retire at the age of sixty. Do you think McDowell, if he wanted to keep racing, keep up with that pace? Because, A, a lot of things can happen, like health reasons. He had that scare a couple of years ago. B, you know, you, you just lose your desire to race, possibly. He might just lose a step. But, I mean, Billy Moyer, age 60, won three races at East Bay that first year. You know, like, you know, or that year. He won, like, over 14 races. I think Dale McDowell is, like, the only one I could see right now that could race into his 60s and, you know, be decent if you if you wanted to continue that. I don't think you would lose much of a step, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, he's 57 right now, and he just won a crown jewel. Which we need to go look. I need to go look at this. We're going. I have to. I haven't done a historical look at see like who's the oldest crown jewel winner. But 
Scott Bloomquist's last crown jewel was what, back 2018, right? Before his injury, um, he won the dream that year. So he, that was 55 years old when he, when he won that. Uh, and then Billy Moyer, his last crown jewel, really big wins were like, I mean, he's won a lot of races, uh, you know, since he's in, in, into his sixties here, but his last world 100 dream Knoxville in 2010, he was 52 years Today. old. That's five Today. years Today. younger. 52. I mean, he's going to say he's going to be 66 in October. Um, so that's a, that's five years younger than, than, uh, than McDowell was. I mean, he, like he has other wins in there. You want well, line I 100 since then other, you know, other hundred lappers and bigger races, but like the, the huge race that the crown jewels, it's been, it's been 13 years uh, since, since Billy Moore won one, it's kind of hard to believe that, you know, when you look, I just looked through his stats there on, on his website, cause he has really good stats on his site. Um, and McDowell here's 57 years old. And again, like I, it wasn't like some like, like fluke thing. Everybody got flat tires and, uh, or was a big attrition race because he just survived it, uh, in one, he, he was, he passed today's the $2 million man from a year ago. He passed Ricky Thornton Jr., who's this year's big guy. He passed both of them to win that race at, at Batesville. Uh, I mean, the track additions came into his, you know, wheelhouse a little bit more. It didn't have to – a lot of these big races this year seems like they've been up on that cushion. You know, guys have just been pounding that cushion, and you had to run up there, you know, and the Bobby Pierces and Hudson O'Neills and Shepherds and, you know, and Ricky Thornton Jr., they, they're able to do that really, really well. Uh, I don't think Dale really wants to do that. Although last year, the first race that he won back after uh, the prostate cancer surgery was Volusia, which was, I mean, that was, that was as rough as any racetrack you're going to see how how rough that was. And Dale comes out and wins it. He was like, man, that's what, that's not the track he's supposed to win at. Um, So it's like, he doesn't really even have weaknesses yet right now. and, and And I think a lot of it's his mindset now too. Uh, you, you talk about having that surgery and having that health scare. And he's talked about how it's kind of changed his perspective a little bit. He doesn't like sweat some things. I remember right after that, I think it was during speed weeks. He had a deal uh, back two years ago. Uh, he had that, had a deal with, uh, with Chris Madden in one race. And, and Dale said afterwards that uh, Dale McDowell from a few years earlier or a year earlier, he would have been very angry. I mean, he, he keeps himself under control. But Dale, when he he can get angry, I mean, I've heard Mark Richards talk about don't get Dale McDowell angry because he'll he can rip your head off, and uh, and he said he was ready to to go you know do something with Madden, go out and yell at him, but he's like no, you know what, cool myself here, cool down, and he went and he won he won another race during that week at, at Volusia, and, uh, and and I think that that's playing into it too. He just has this good mindset. It's like he's it's just gravy here now on top of his career and. Uh, anything he does now because uh, because of that right. health uh, situation he went and 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 that's just playing into like how how well he's doing. I mean, just just let it flow and and uh, and, and he's and he's winning races. Well, that's why I also think it's so hard for some guys to retire and you know kind of ruin their legacy. But if you're like still winning at East Bay, you know, in 2015, when you're, you know, 58 years old, you're winning, you know, like five or six summer nationals, or like if you're Dale McDowell winning the Batesville Topless 100, you're getting top fives at the World 100. You're like, well, I don't necessarily need to retire. I still got that edge. So then you kind of see, you know, why it's very hard for some drivers to get to that age 
of when they know they can. Like you said, it's gravy for all these guys we're talking about anyway. Their careers are pretty much established. Well, I guess if McDowell wins another World 100, you're just like, wow, this guy just keeps getting closer and closer to the top maybe five or six greatest late model drivers of all time, which, you know, 10 years ago, we might not have been saying that. So he's definitely, you know, hit that stride. So that's kind of like where our topic's going to take us, Kyle McFadden. Uh, first, we're going to go around the room. What maybe some guy that's like close to, you know, 39, 40, or a guy in their 40s that can establish their career and still make some, you know, continue to dominate, maybe not the word, right word, dominate, but continue to have good runs in the 50s like we've seen with Scott Bloomquist, like we've seen with Billy Moore, like we've seen with now Dale McDowell. Who's the first guy that comes to your mind that's just, say, 38 or older that maybe when it's all said and done, when they're in their 50s, you know, another 15, 16, 17 years, they're still winning races. They're still competitive. They're winning championships. Who's who's the guy that comes to mind for you? Well, I was actually just looking up some of those guys. Um, and one of those, or the first one that does come to my mind, you know, like when I'm looking through the top 25 poll here, uh, is Mike Marler. You know, he's 45 years old. I feel like he still has a, a lot left that he could accomplish you know a lot of I don't want to say unfulfilled potential because that's kind of a a negative way of kind of looking at it at least in my eyes but like he just won his 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 first feature this year at Eldora Speedway not counting uh that chase chase uh to the dream feature last year and uh it's just Seems like he each year you talk with Mike Marler at the beginning of the season and he's trying to find ways to just like everybody else put himself in position to win more crown jewels to to win more fifty thousand dollar plus winners shares and um I just feel like there's a lot left for him on the table you know to accomplish and add to his career and so um, you know, he's another guy, you know, obviously mid forties, isn't slowing down. Um, also has a driver development program too, like Dale McDowell. And so, um, so you have all these, or in Mike Marler's case, you know, all these things kind of going on in your race program and, um, and 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 he's he's always one i feel that 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 is there you know like when it matters and um you know he hasn't necessarily been always on the winning end of those races like the world 100 and the dreams and you know um like the knoxville late 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 model nationals i mean he's won that a few times now too right so um i just feel like mike marler is is for me you know um one of those you know drivers that as i've said has a has a lot left that he could accomplish and um i feel like he really like chris madden you know really wants that eldora crown jewel at some point he hasn't knocked on the door as hard as madden but he's certainly been picking up steam at eldora and um you know i'm sure he would like to to get that first Eldora crown jewel before he's 50, but you know, if that hasn't happened yet, I'm, I'm sure he's going to continue on into his fifties to give himself as, 
as many chances as possible. Yeah, the only concern I have with uh, Mike Marler, just talking to him and just chatting with him, I think his decision to continue racing will be like, you know, the rules on race cars. I feel like he wants to have like less rules and more of like an old school flair, um, just the politics and race. I know a few times he kind of alluded to us, like even in an interview at Speed Week saying, you know, he's, he has, I think that was like 2017 or 18 where he's saying, that, you know, I have kind of losing interest in the love of it because kind of getting more and more professional and, That'd be like my only concern with, you know, Mike Marler is just kind of stuff with scenarios like that, politics, the rules, and just the cost of it. But, yeah, but once he gets to the racetrack, I'm sure when he gets in the race car, he he's probably a kid in a candy store. But, yeah, Mike Marler definitely, I think, has a few years, few years left in him. Let's hope he can stay around. Uh, Robert, I have a feeling I might know who you're going to pick, but I've, I've been wrong before on your choices. So, uh, who are you going to go with? Well, <clears throat> as far as competing, I mean, there are several guys that are, you know, it's about to hit it won't be long and they're in their mid 50s you know but uh i guess probably the guy that i would that i would think is going to be i know who you probably think i'm going to say but who i really had in mind was chris madden uh just basically because of of uh you know i don't think he, i don't think we're going to look at i think mcdowell is an exceptional story for starters i don't think we're going to look at these other guys that anyone I can't name anyone that I'm going to say five, six years, 10 years down the road, all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm questioning, Hey, this guy's he's in the prime of his career now. Like I am questioning McDowell. I just don't see that happening. Now, are there guys who can continue to win at the same level that they're at right now? Yeah. I, I don't see a reason why Chris Madden can't continue to do that. I don't see a reason at all why Chris Madden can't, you know, five, six, seven years down the road, can't continue to win at this compete at the same level he is now. I don't think he'll be out on the road chasing a, a national tour, but I do think that he can continue to win 10, 12 races a year uh, of, of significant money and hit the big crown jewels and maybe win one here and there. Uh, I don't see why Chris Madden can't do that. That's, uh, But I just don't think that no one to me, no one comes to mind. And and I don't know if we, five years ago, we would have, I don't think we would have named Dale McDowell five years ago, you know, if we had this conversation back then. But right now, no one just comes to mind for me to say, yeah, that man, that guy, why wow, he's 58 years old. He's in the prime of his career, you know? No, I don't, I don't see anybody like that on my radar, but I do think Chris Madden can keep winning at the same clip he is at the moment. Right, yeah, Chris Madden, and he kind of has that similar uh, similar driving style, too, where, you know, if it gets slicked off, I feel like, you know, Madden would be 10 years from now, I think if he just entered the World 100, he'd be, like, right, you know, right there with everybody else. He's just so good there and so consistent. Uh, and obviously, he might not retire until he wins a big crown jewel race at outdoors, so we might be talking about him uh, trying to get to that feat. And I could definitely see him just going back to the regional schedule and hitting up the big – you know, the big crown jewels instead of running a national tour, which, you know, I think a couple other drivers like that. I think like a Dennis Herb Jr., I know he's 51, but I feel like if he went to more of like a regionalized, uh, just hit the big shows that are, you know, close to the shop, I think Dennis Herb Jr., you know, you can see him. I mean, last year he won eight races. Uh, if I think if he like 
went back and raced, you know, regional shows, like a lot of summer nationals races, I think you'd see his win total go up. Then you would see him win, you know, like those 20 grand shows, like we've seen him win at the beginning of the year. Kovac, who are you going with? Are you going with your boy or what? I mean, he's, he's getting close to that age, but I feel like he definitely has Mac Daddy, like, you know, tendencies and he did win back-to-back championships at, you know, the age of 48 and 47. So I don't know. You're going to go with him. You got somebody else in mind. Yeah. McCready uh, is 49 years old right now. He'll be turning 50 next year. Uh, and, and he's, and he hasn't won a full field late uh, Lucas race this year, which is still surprise. I mean, I, that's, that's one of the bigger shockers of the year. Uh, I think at this point, but he's still right there in, in the mix. He moved back into fourth place in the point standing. So he still has, and when I look at McCready too, I mean, again, I've known McCready from big block days and, and i and I know that he, he doesn't have as many years of racing as some guy. I mean, there's some guys that were racing, you know, at 14, 15 years old in, in a late model uh, or whatever division, a modified, whatever division they were. He didn't start until, you know, 1996 was his, was his first year. He, he was 22 years old. It's sort of a later start. I mean, he's around racing, obviously, with his father a long time, the whole, his whole life. But he didn't actually start racing a modified until 96 and, and didn't get into a, a late model, you know, full time until 2004. So he's not, he didn't even have 20 years in a late model. So he, he started like you can look at that. He started a late model full time uh, when the year that Dale McDowell won the, uh, the, the, the top list before this year in 2004. And. I know that McCready really like he, he's very close with Dale McDowell. He's McDowell is one of the guys that was sort of his mentors, I guess, you know, him like Rick Eckert, uh, guys like that. Uh, when, when, uh, when McCready came into the, the late model world, he, he traveled a lot, you know, hung out a lot with, uh, uh, with McDowell with, you know, with Shane and Dale. Uh, so he learned, I mean, a lot of what he's learned is from, from Dale McDowell and you could see that in his driving style. His driving style is very much, uh, that, um, Dale McDowell ish, you know, and, and I, I think that's a thing that could keep him going when, you know, when you win two championships, you know, as you're pushing 50 and, and you're in the mix for another one this year. Uh, I mean, that, that, that shows, I think that you're still going, you still have many years to get, I mean, I don't know, McCready. That's all he's done. I mean, he's been a racer now since he was 22 and, and, and pretty much raced full time uh, since that point. He used to work on some helicopters at the at the army base up there in, you know, Fort Drum in Watertown. And, he, you know, and he was doing all right. He said that, but he wanted to be a racer. And now he's now he's a racer for a long time. And uh, and I could see him extending this out. You know, I mean, he has that kind of a career that. uh I mean, a kind of a style that'll that'll last here, I think, into the into the few next few years, uh, until he's uh you know around. And I and I think knowing Dale and, and seeing what Dale does, that makes uh you know Timmy know that he could do it too. You know that I mean I I want to be like he's always wanted to kind of be Dale McDowell a little bit. You know the way he uh, uh the way he races and you know I think he has a good has a good example of how he could still keep going. Uh, in the future, probably he doesn't want I me. Mean, he, he's traveled more because he's from, you know, upstate New York than a lot of these guys to get to all these late model races. So maybe he, you know, does back off. It's not as easy for him to just go run some regional races because as, as, he doesn't have regions he's in the middle of a region like Dale. Uh, but maybe he, maybe he backs off a little bit and just does some pick and choose, you know, in a few years. Uh, but I could see him going uh, to, to his fifties too.
So this guy I'm going to mention, Kovac, which is wild to say, he's 10 years younger than T-Mac, 17 younger than Dale McDowell. He's obviously arguably right now, if he just closed up shop and, you know, was done racing, he'd be a top five book it right now, dirt late mile driver of all time. My other concern is that's a long time until he gets to both of those ages. A lot of different scenarios can happen in 10 years. But he just drives like both those guys. He's getting smoother. He doesn't run, you know, he doesn't like to beat the boards like he used to. It's going to be very interesting to see what Jonathan Davenport's going to do. I, he, I don't know. I just think it's, I don't know if he's going to make it to 49 to race. Obviously, I think he'll have the talent there. It's just what he wants to do in life because, you know, he's been racing dirt late model racings for a long, dirt late models for a long time now. You know, he's probably approaching 20 years, I bet. What do you think about JD? I mean, if he can get to 50, I think he'll be okay, but will he get the 50 is the real question. Well, I think I've actually like, talked to him. It was maybe last year, I think, after one of his wins and uh, talked to him a little bit about, like, how long do you want to race? And and, uh, and and he didn't seem like the guy who wants to be in his 50s racing a late model. Uh, it, it just, I mean, he's got other, you know, he has, he loves his hunting. He loves his, uh, his ranch now he has. Uh, and, and if you... A lot of guys race that long, especially if they're full-time racers, because they got to still make a paycheck. You know, you you you've, you didn't put your money away maybe as as well as you should have, or or you just didn't weren't able to make as much money back in the day. Uh, now, I mean, he just won. You know, had two million dollar season last year. He's had some really big seasons. Not that he that's all his money. I mean, his percentage was still pretty damn big. Uh, compared to, you know, a normal, you know, a normal salary. So if you're smart, if you put a lot of that away, I mean, maybe guys today, they might not want to go to 50 if they're, if they're smart, if they have put in some really they stack up some really good years through their late thirties and into their forties, uh, you know, you, you're, you're smart with your money, you invest, you do things that are, uh, that are looking down the road. You, know, you, you can maybe like be like, well, when I when I might be starting to drop off a little bit or, you know, it's going to be harder to win races. I don't have to race as much. I mean, it, it might just all become uh, how much you want to do it. I mean, how much you're because it's a it's a big commitment. I mean, it's like to, to do race to race into your 50s. There's not that many guys that even actually are, are successful at it when you think it's, it's devoting your whole life to it. Uh, and will they be able to make it that long? Uh, I mean, it, it's going to be up to, it's going to be his desire and, uh, kind of, you know, can it, it also combine with how much money he's put away. Maybe he'll, he'll be like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't have to do racing. Uh, I don't have to go all over the place and run and, and, uh, and wear myself out to, to make a living when I have this other, you know, other stuff, I have money in the bank or I have other options. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like he's kind of you know, doing other things to, you know, investing in other opportunities where he can maybe say, you know, I'm 43, I'm done. I'm going to go concentrate on other things that I've, you know, invested my winnings into. Uh, Robert, last thing, we have guys that start off very young. Josh Richards, he started. You can tell he was just burned out, burned out with it by the end of his career. I mean, Bobby Pierce is, what, 21 or 31 years away from Dale McDowell's age? Right, is Bobby twenty six Kovac, I think, and he's fifty seven. So, Bobby Pierce, if he raced another thirty one years, I just can't fathom that. I mean, Brandon Shepard's on year fifteen. I can't see that either. That's another twenty seven years. Guys that started off young 
can they keep this, you know, keep racing, racing, grinding? But on the other side of it, they're racing for more money than ever, and it's only going to get better. Like when Dale McDowell was first starting, they were racing for okay money, but they weren't racing for what they're racing today. So I could kind of see it where they're like, do we really need to quit? Like, we don't have much more opportunities with the winnings we're getting in racing. But again, the burnout factor has got to be a big time thing for what, like these guys, like Bobby Pierce makes it to 40, which 20 years ago, no doubt he would, but that's still 14 years away. Like there's a shot that those young guys might not even make it to 40 now, but on the other side, the money's so good, they might stay. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, I guess. There are, uh, there, there are a lot of factors, you know, I always look at these guys and first, first of all, before I, before I forget this, we talk to guys all the time that we're doing interviews with and stuff. And they're like, and I've been doing this for 30 years and they're, and they're not very old, you know, they're in their, they started go-kart racing when they're 12 or something, you know, this is all I've ever done. And, you know, so it's just, there are a lot of guys out there who are, who are been at this for a, for a very long time, you know, and I think how long you continue to do it is, is really uh, three or four factors go into that. You have to think, do you have a fallback career for starters? Uh, you know, a lot of us don't. I'm not sure I do. I, and there are a couple other things I might could do, but I enjoy this and this is what I'm good at. So I'm going to continue to do it until I can't anymore. So that might be you know, a perspective that they take. They in, still enjoy racing and they're still good at it and still making a living at it. So why shift, quit or do whatever and go to something else? Do they have any money? Very few, I, you know, Kevin was talking about, or you guys were talking about, you know, JD and the money that he's won. Well, sure, he had a $2 million season and I'm not sure what his percentage was, but I'm sure his percentage of it was, about what most good drivers take in as a team now, not just a driver's percentage, but so his percentage was phenomenal from that season. So he's in a, he's kind of in a situation, you know, all, all of his own. I can only think of uh, maybe two or three more drivers that, that even can remotely think about taking their percentage that they won because you have to take that into account. All these drivers, very few of them are are taking this money in, paying their own bills, making their own way. Even Dale McDowell is on some kind of deal with his brother. Uh, you know, um, Shepard, he was on some kind of deal with Rocket. You have Brandon Overton, he was on some kind of deal with Wells. So all the money that these guys have won is it's not their own money, but only a few like Shepard and Overton have taken in so much money that they're, that they can look at it as like, well, we, we have a money to set back. There are a lot of guys out there that are on this grind that I am as an older guy myself, I'm 53. I look at it. I'm like, I'm concerned with what are they going to do at the end of their career? You know, what are they, I, I feel this for them as I get closer to, to 60, how can you keep this grind going? You know, but, but then like Kevin said, a lot of them have to keep going because they don't have a fallback. They have to keep racing because they don't have it. They don't have a, you know, back when they started, there was no, there was no retirement plan in their head. 
you know, there, and the money was not good enough to set aside. So it's really difficult for those guys to stop. So guys like Bobby Pierce, he is young and is winning a ton of money and it's a family owned team. He's got it. It's everything to, to, in my opinion, Pierce is the perfect storm in terms of what you can do to quit early. If you want to, you know, he's, you know, then you look at a guy like Dennis Herb, who's out there grinding and has been, you know, since 1991, uh, he's been grinding. So he's doing it his own, you know, team wise, his own deal. So the money, the money is all his, but at the same time, he's paying all the bills. So it is tough to balance that. And I don't know, I just, I don't think I can name five drivers who could say that they could just quit right now and have enough money to live on if they wanted to go do something else. I think they would all have to do something in terms of some kind of employment to work, to, to, to pay the bills long-term. So that is a, that is a big factor when you look at these guys about how long they're going to continue to race a Bobby Pierce to me is the perfect deal of how to do it. I mean, he is, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome. What, what Pierce, you know, is, is doing in terms of, of, uh, winning at a high level taking in and you Derek you said about the money the money's definitely going to be there so at that point you got to look at yourself what else do I know how to do let's go continue to win this money and then some of them are going to look at it like what else do I know how to do I have to go continue to do this so uh there's a lot of factors going into deciding when a driver's going to quit and then you might be burnt out but you might have to keep going I, I, a, lot, a lot of race car drivers probably can't do a nine to five job after all these years of racing too. Right. I like, I, that's just, I don't think that they racers have these different schedules kind of now for they're ingrained from all these racing from all these years. Uh, it's kind of setting their own schedules, really setting their own times and everything you know, and all. And uh, I think it would be very, very difficult for uh, drivers that, that, have raced for for so long and into their 50s have to like shift to doing some nine to five hey i mean that i i'd find it hard if i had to do like just a regular nine to five job that didn't include like the our, our weirder hours you know so uh, i'm, I'm sure would, it would be that the, free, the freedom that all the racers have always had is for their schedules would would be difficult to give up who would be your favorite walmart door greeter tim mccready dennis herb <laughs> or chris madden which one of those three would you rather oh, see greeting you when you walk into Walmart? T-Mac would probably, T-Mac would probably be the best because he would be, like, uh, flamboyant. And, like, if he was bitching about something, he'd be very, like, animated more than the other two, I think. Yeah, Madden tough. would be good, though. He's, like, he's very personal, like, when you get him in, like, the right scenario. So, if he knew he was going to be a, you know, a greeter, like, I think he would be able to get dialed in and perform very well, knowing that there's no, yeah, like. I'd agree you know, with you, Derek. Yeah. So, I don't know I, what's I funny. Agree. I would agree. What, what the funny thing is, I figured out that the time that Bobby Pierce got to Dale McDowell's age, he'd be racing for like 44 years, which is insane <laughs> in itself. So that's crazy to think about that. I mean, look, you say, Hudson O'Neill also. Hudson right, O'Neill. Yeah, I mean, look at these guys. They're a little, these, these guys uh, started so young. And, and uh, I mean, this, you know, the, I guess Josh Richards was around the same age too. And, 
and he just didn't have that fire burning anymore to keep going. And, and, and he's out of it at what, 33, 34, I think, you know, yeah, I think he's so, 35. Uh, I guess we yeah. don't know. I would never have never would have expected that from Josh Richards looking back, you know, especially 10 years ago when he was, uh, you know, going into his late twenties, would you, I mean, we were all thinking now oh, he'll be racing until he's 40 into his fifties. I mean, that's, if he doesn't go NASCAR racing, which I mean, now if you're not going NASCAR racing, we don't have a, a, a rich, rich father or something. You're not going, if you don't make it, make a deal somehow to get a NASCAR racing before you're 20, or it seems you're probably not. I mean, Bobby Pierce, Hudson O'Neill, they're probably going to be lifers and dirt late models. And, uh, and and uh they could i could see him going a long time you know i could see him going a long time so, but it does kind of blow our minds so using using josh uh, as an example does does anyone know what he does for a living now what's he doing i have no clue i'm not i haven't i haven't, I haven't even heard from josh in, in in a while so we're not even we're not even sure you know uh i mean he had great years i mean he, he was make he had six figure seasons when he probably didn't even have any bills, you know, like back when he was still a young kid, uh, you know, not still living at home. And, and, uh, so, I mean, how much did he put that away? You know, I mean, I don't think he just went out. I think he probably, you know, as a younger kid, he probably spent some money at that point. Like when he, when he had it coming in and not having all these bills that, that, that you'd have, you know, have mortgages and stuff like that. But, um, uh, you know, yeah, we're not, not, not exactly sure. He hasn't really, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of been off the radar really, uh, this year for sure. Off the grid for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see if anybody can do what they do. Like what we've seen with Billy Boyer and Scott Bloomquist and Dale McDowell. We have some guys that are going to be entering their fifties. that are going to try to give it a shot and I'll we'll see if our predictions will be correct on those. Uh, Kyle McFadden, before we end the show, what's your one more thing? We'll lead off with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Keith Jackson. He won the $4,000 in the Lee Stoltz Memorial at Winchester Speedway in Virginia. I actually wrote a story on him leading into that race this past weekend. So ended up winning that deal, his first win in, in, in six years in the late model. He's back in late model racing. He's been on a hiatus for the past six years. He just got out of it. Funds ran out for him. Back in 17, went uh, modified racing and then uh, put together this deal with Ed Hinkle of uh, outside of Winchester, Virginia. And he's he's now back winning races and, and, you know, back doing it at a high level. You know, he's challenged Greg Satterley over the last few weeks and, and some of the bigger 5,000 to win regional shows up here in the Northeast and and uh, had a good showing down at Beckley's USA 100 too. I think he came six behind Jimmy Owens there. So uh, he's back winning races. And, and it's, uh, as I mentioned in, in my fast talk, it's, it's usually, you know, like when a guy leaves the sport and we don't hear from him years down the line, you know, he's, he's probably not coming back, but in Keith's case, it's, it's, you know, cool to see him back you know, winning races in a quality ride and, and, and wanting to, to continue to build uh, with the race team that he has, you know, brought back. So uh, always, you know, cool to see. So make sure to go read, read that story I wrote from last week. Uh, I think it was published on Friday. So, uh, yep, that is my one more thing. 
Go check that out. These guys produce great stories week in and week out. My one more thing is we got Port Royal this weekend, but I'm very excited to be only two hours away from, you know, the Davenport World of Outlaw Races, 10, 10, and 30. Arguably one of the best racing facil- racing facilities and racetracks in the country. There, up in the Quad Cities between Iowa and Illinois, Davenport. I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's always last year. That was a top five race of the year. Tanner English beat out Bobby Pierce. I think Pierce will be very tough to beat. But you're gonna have the Iowa and Illinois guys trying to stop and slow down uh, Pierce Mania, who's taken the summer by storm with a great and phenomenal August month. Kovac, what's your one more thing? And then we'll, Robert, you can go right into it after Kovac. Oh, this Thursday is the Melvin Joseph Memorial for Lucas Oil Series. First time for the Lucas Oil Series at Georgetown Delaware Speedway. Um, $18,049 to win. The race was rained out earlier this year, and they were able to put it up uh, because it'll be right before the two-day rumble by the river at uh, Port Royal Speedway this this Friday and Saturday. Uh, So Georgetown has a nice little deal. Hopefully the weather holds out for this one. Uh, Ross Chastain is going to be in the field uh, with the Nice uh, Motorsports uh, late model uh, come over from the Cup uh, Series deal. They were able to keep that going, even though the, the rescheduled race. And I mean, I just happened to I just looked on, on Georgetown's Facebook page a couple minutes ago just to double check how much it pays to win. And I see that Matt Shepard, the big block modified star from up in New York, he's going to run a Nice uh, Motorsports car uh, wow. late model. At, at, I, I didn't even know that. I mean, he ran a. You know, he made a couple of big frog motorsports starts back in, I think it was December, right, Kyle? I think that back there at, uh, at All Tech. And um, he's run a, and he ran a late model, you know, years back uh, a few times up in some New York races. Uh, so he has a f- little bit of late model experience. Big winner, obviously, in big blocks. And, and he's won at Georgetown with a big block several times. Uh, so he's going to be in the field, too, which, I, you know, I didn't even know that until they just put that out on their Facebook page. Uh, you know, maybe a half an hour ago. So that's another little addition. So let's hope that race gets in, uh, you know, no rain and, uh, and we can have that. And it'll be another, and again, Port Royal right after that. So it's a big weekend uh, here in the Northeast for, uh, for late models. One Sheppy at Georgetown. The other Sheppy will be in Davenport. Will yeah. Robert finish it off for Sheppy. us. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be happy to finish it off. The, uh, I just wanted to mention that the, uh, the, Pre-sale or pre-registration or whatever for the the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals, those uh, drivers list or whatever the for drivers they clearly apparently it sold out faster than like a faster than a Taylor Swift concert apparently, uh, leaving a lot of drivers uh, you know on the outside like Ryan Unzicker and uh, uh, Rusty Slink and people that we've been accustomed to seeing uh, inside the dome has left them on the outside looking in uh, on the waiting list now trying to get into that race. And I, I suspect that maybe they'll get in cause they're kind of at the top of the list. But, uh, but yeah, if you, if you did not get uh, registered for the, the dome and you're a driver or late model guy, then you're out of luck right now. Uh, I'm sure the waiting list has even gotten long now. So hopefully we'll see regulars like uh, Rusty, who, you know, had great success there. And I think Miles Moose was maybe another guy that didn't get in. Uh, so some some guys that we've been used to seeing inside the Dome, not on the list this year, uh, as a, a large portion of other people have made it a, a, a must, a bucket list, I guess, for them. And, and they, they snapped them up very fast. So uh, maybe if you have uh, Taylor Swift tickets, you could trade that for entry into into the dome i don't know but if you're a fan 
go ahead and, and check all that out. Find a hotel. It's going to be a big event this year. And it's, hey, we're, we're heading towards autumn. We're heading towards the fall. Go ahead and start planning those those winter events. Uh, you know, get your plans dialed in. Save your money. Don't buy Christmas presents. Get ready to go to the dome this year because it's going to be going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, the dome is here in three months. It'll be here before you know it. Let's see if those guys will be able to get in. I know they're probably the outside looking in, but I have a feeling that some of those guys will be able to compete in December there because I feel like there's a few that sign up and then aren't able to attend by the end. By the, by the time December rolls around. This weekend, we're filled with plenty of racing, Lucas Oil action, live and flow racing, highlights of the world of Outlaws in Davenport. Uh, all three nights will be highlights there. We'll have guys going back and forth and all points in between. Uh, be sure to check out the stories. We'll have Kovac and uh, Kyle McFadden on the grounds. They're up for the big weekend at Fort Royal. Uh, Robert Holman, he's probably making moves wherever he is at in the country. Lake Cumberland, 15 grand. Plenty of highlights, all points in between at dirtondirt.com and Flow Racing. Keep your browsers locked into both of them. This is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.